0: Steph and Kate from Cocktails with a Blonde and Brunette. We are super excited to be here today to chat with you about faking things, such as
1: the orgasm, faking the, or- the orgasm.
0: Yes, not, uh, not a fun time for anybody when you have to fake it, that's for sure. I know many, many, especially women do fake their mm-hmm. orgasm. I mean, guys can't really fake orgasms because you can tell when they don't orgasm fully. Um, But for women, you know, you want to get it done quicker. You're not really feeling it. You don't want to make somebody feel bad. Sometimes it's easier to just squeeze as tight as you can, scream and hope for the best. (laughs)
1: I think that it's definitely not as easy to tell if a woman is faking it like even if she just makes noises that sometimes it's just assumed that it's an orgasm yeah it's but don't deep. you think too if
0: you're having like regular sex with like your partner like your husband and then you do actually orgasm mm-hmm. that they would somehow clue in that like oh wait that one was a lot different than all the other times.
1: I'm sure that they clue in, but at the same time, every orgasm is different and right. So you act differently for different orgasms or it could have just been different intensity. It's pretty easy, especially if you've been faking since the beginning. I think that that's where that key has yeah. in.
0: Well, yeah, because sometimes like orgasms aren't necessarily like screaming and like clenching mm-hmm. your fist. Sometimes they're very like quiet. Like yeah. you almost can't speak like they yes. take the yeah. so yep. and I find too like I think it'd just be funny to like hear a bunch of women fake orgasms this one show that I watched it was like a truth or dare thing and they all had to mm-hmm. go around and like orgasm but like not actually orgasm but like act like how would you orgasm like what do you like when you orgasm and I was dying because like some of the girls were like super into it. You can tell they orgasm a lot. But then there were other girls who were like, oh my God. Oh. And I was like, okay, like if you're faking orgasms, you're dating morons because you sound <laughs> like a dying chihuahua. Like it doesn't sound very like, I don't know, pleasurable. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and I think that's the thing that was like, because every woman orgasms differently, has different intensities, and each woman themselves also can have like an orgasm that goes from like one to ten. Right, you respond differently every time. It's much easier for us to fake it than it is for men. I mean, men, I think you can fake it, especially if you like you're wearing a condom and you just get up quickly and put the condom away. Nobody knows. There's no mess. I never even thought about it. So that. it's so possible. Um, but I think really when you think of it the individuality of people, it's so easy to fake it because everybody orgasms differently.
0: Well, and I think too, like, as like coming from a woman's perspective, you have to like be into it. And I think a lot of women, you, like if you look at media and television and movies, The women are always very vocal and breathing heavy and all these things. Whereas in reality, when you first start like having sex or fooling around with your partner, you're not necessarily like, oh my God, like right away, like there's a buildup. So it's like that fine line between being intrigued and interested, but not like getting too in your head about it. I think that's why a lot of women fake orgasms because we're so in our head, like we have to look like we're enjoying it. Like I might, do I smile? what kind of a face do i make am i breathing too heavy should i breathe harder like i think there's a lot of like self-consciousness that eventually leads to us just faking orgasms
1: i think a big part of it too is we're very concerned about whether we're pleasing our partners because as women we've been taught that our job is to please our partners and that pleasure isn't necessarily necessarily for us it's for them i think mm-hmm. you know you and i talked about this a lot about how that's should never ever be the case and but when you talk to women it's still very much ingrained in them that sexual pleasure is for their partner it is not for them right so i think that's a big reason we fake orgasms too is so that our partner's egos are boosted or they feel more manly when in reality if they just want to please us (laughs) and if if we just let them in in a way that we like everybody
0: would be happy. No, it's very true. And I think too, that's like, has to do with, you know, the things you do before you jump right into sex. Also, a lot of people don't necessarily orgasm from sex alone. They need the touch. They need the foreplay, all of those things. So if you have a good partner, generally they try and do a bit of that first. I mean, there's always, you know, the quickie, if the kids are around or you're getting ready to go somewhere and like the moment hits you. And but in reality, the buildup to the act is where you're most likely going to orgasm as a female. I would say.
1: Yes. Well, and I think that's true because most I won't say most, but when you look at the statistics, it's way more likely for women to orgasm from like, clitoral stimulation or from foreplay than it is from penetration. That's just a fact. That is just the way that our bodies work.
0: Well, I think that kind of plays into, too, why, like, women tend to, fe- like, and we're talking about, like, heterosexual relationships, like I am right now, but, like, why women hmm. would be more prone to fake orgasms in, like, a heterosexual relationship because men can get you off and then get off. Do you know what I mean? Like it's harder if you want to have sex and your partner has already orgasmed as a male, it takes something off the table for a little bit in terms of like the sexual penetration. So it's almost Mm -hmm. like men get to get their partners off. Then they feel relaxed and they can fully orgasm. Whereas with women, we're almost trying to orgasm before. So that way it's quote unquote, you know, done. Like we've said before, you don't always have scary. to have an orgasm to enjoy good sex with your partner or, you know, good play time. The orgasm is just right. something that happens at the end, but I find
1: mm-hmm. men
0: kind of get to relax once they know that's happened and then
1: fully enjoy themselves. I think that that's true for sure. Um, I read it, I was trying to find it now, but I read a thing the other day and it said that something like 85% of women can orgasm on their own and 64% of women with a female partner will orgasm on their first sexual encounter compared to 36%, I think it was of heterosexual, like, so a woman and a man, would she orgasm with a man on their first encounter? So it's very much about you know, like the warm-up and the way we touch ourselves and the way we are touched. And so faking orgasms becomes very much about, like you said, I, I'm not into this. This is not feeling good. I just want it to be over with or being too tired or trying to strip, like make our partner feel better.
0: Yeah, I've been watching this show uh, called Versailles. It's good if you like like history kind of old school stuff. But it's from like the 1600s, like in Paris. So it's all about like royalty and like the nobles and that. And like the king, the king is fucking whoever he wants because he's the king. So it doesn't matter that like he has a queen. But it's funny because you watch like there's basically a sex scene in every single episode. And the women are always like so crazy and vocal and charged up. And the men just lay there. And it's, like, it's just funny how, like, we still adapt these things later on because we don't talk enough about, like, sexuality and sex and what feels good and what doesn't. And it's almost been, like, ingrained mm-hmm. in you. So I just noticed, like, while watching this show in particular, sex is very much about the men. Like, the men take sex when they want it, and the women just need to, like, bring it.
1: Yeah. And so, that's like and passed on, right,
0: yeah, no, it just it, that's the one thing like I really noticed. I was like, wow, these women are sh- pretty good actors, like they're just like screaming, and like I'm like, I'm like, it doesn't feel good, like, there's no way it feels that good. Like, you just jumped on it,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no way it feels that good, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, it's just it's funny to watch, like, even like in tv like these days like it's always like people get together it's crazy and then everybody climaxes at the same time like it's not real life
1: no it's definitely not it's definitely not real life and I think that is also where we get our idea of faking our orgasms right Mm -hmm. that that's It's supposed to be what happens. And so is there something wrong with us if we're not orgasming? So we pretend orgasms so that we're normal. But yeah, it's
0: really like people in the porn industry, they're faking orgasms Mm -hmm. all day long. So it's like literally every single thing you see other than in your own bedroom is like, it's not real. Like it's a standard. you Do not have to uphold to. And it's not fun to uphold too. It's much more fun when you're actually enjoying yourself and you make random noises or, you know, nobody cares what your what you're face saying. looks like as long as you're having a good time. Like a lot of girls get concerned about what their face looks like when they orgasm. I'm like, who cares? Yep. You seen their faces
1: sometimes like, but I think partners actually love that. Right that look on your face because they know that it's like the ultimate pleasure. So who cares what your face looks like? They love it. Let them love it. Yeah.
0: There's just a lot that goes into faking. Like it's a lot, like it'd be exhausting for me.
1: Well, I I think I know I can speak for myself and I can speak for many, many of my clients. Like we all faked orgasm, all of us at some point in our lives. And, Many of the women that I work with now, they're married, they have kids, and they for- fake their orgasms all the time. And it's awful because it's basically just to get it over with because they're not feeling the pleasure, and so they want it done. But they don't want their husbands to cheat on them or to go somewhere else. And so they have sex with them and fake orgasms, which is but I also, not a good
0: reason. <laughs> no, and I also think, too, like there, there's something to be said for like energy between people. If you're constantly faking it, even if your spouse thinks you're orgasming, they can energetically feel something is off. So you might think you're doing like a service to your sex life and a service to your husband or your partner, but you're actually not. Because as much as you think Mm -hmm. you're like a good actor or a good faker, they can feel it. Like you can feel when the energy is off.
1: Yep, absolutely. And you're not actually being intimate, right? There's not that energy connection. And that goes out into the world, right? So even if you are doing these things to, like, save your marriage, it's not saving anything because it's all fake.
0: Yeah, and it's actually will, like, cause you to resent sex even more because then it's even more of a job other than just, like, laying there and, you know, taking it. Now there's all these other You have to add into it, and then you're just going to start resenting it. It's like, why not just like relax and try to get into it, and like actually just focus on feeling
1: good. Focus on the pleasure part of it. Ask for what you want. Yeah,
0: I think that's good. Say what doesn't feel good. I think it's hard for a lot of women to ask for what they want. I think it's hard for like a lot of women. Yeah.
1: I think it's hard for men and women because neither one of us are taught to ask for what we want, right? Men are taught what they're supposed to want and we're taught what we're supposed to do, but nowhere are we ever taught to say, Hey, sex actually gets to be pleasurable and like figure out what feels good. And then ask for that for either. Like yeah, it doesn't, see, it's just not. Thing.
0: It's funny. Cause like, it's easy for me to sit here and talk to you as like my friend about sex and like, you know, different components around it and relationships. But then sometimes it's difficult to like go home and talk to your spouse about it. It shouldn't be that way. But I just find like sometimes it's like uncomfortable and it shouldn't be uncomfortable to talk to your partner about sex. That's who you're having sex with. Yes. But it's like, it's almost like there's like a shame that's like put on you when you're very young. And then it's like hard to get rid of that as you get older.
1: It is. is. And it's hard to, like, you, you feel like you're going to be judged or you're not going to be accepted. So a really fun, not fun, it's really actually very simple thing that I do with my clients. It's called fears, loves, and desires. And so you each take a turn saying the things that you're afraid of. So like, it might be, I'm afraid to say what I want in the bedroom. Um, I'm afraid to speak my truth, whatever. And you each get two minutes. And the other partner, your partner doesn't get to respond. They only listen. And then you go on to things that you love about your partner for two minutes. And then you go on to desires for two minutes. And you're each taking your turn. Neither one of you gets to say anything when you're just listening to your partner. And then at the end, it's like, pretty cool because you've created this safe space for each other to say what you desire, to say what you're afraid of, to say what you love. And you feel much closer. I mean, it's 12 minute exercise. It's really, really fast, but it feels like it breaks down so many walls by doing it that way.
0: Well, and I guess you might also too, like in that case, find that you might have similar fears and desires. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And it just creates a really safe space because you know that your partner can't respond. And so you know that you don't have to, you're never going to have to defend yourself. You're never going to have to explain yourself. All you have to say is what's on your mind. And then at the end, there's no conversation. You can come back to it the next day once you've thought about it, but you just sit with that. But it feels very, at the end of the practice, it feels very closed and very, complete. There's not usually a lot to discuss, but it feels nice cuz you've heard what your parent your partners' fears are, what their desires are, what how, what they love about you and vice versa.
0: Yeah, I think that can be hard for some people though to be like what do you love about me? Cuz I feel like a lot of times you get like generic answers. Like you're kind, you're sweet, you're loving. You know.
1: Yeah for sure. And it's a practice, it is a practice, right? Like I encourage my couples or even just like individuals when I'm working with them, if they're in a relationship to do this practice. And it does take a little bit, like the first couple of times, you don't really know what to say. It might seem a little bit awkward, but once you get the idea of it and you get the flow, the things that come up are pretty cool because your subconscious starts to speak because it feels safe.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, it's really who doesn't have 12. Right. And who
1: doesn't? Right. Even if you do it once or twice a week. Mm -hmm. I like this. Like my husband. Yeah, my husband and I will do it on the full moon too. Like that's our ritual for full moon. We light a candle. We switch it up a little bit. We do clearings. So anything we want to clear from the last month, like maybe we were an asshole to each other. And then we'll do loves and then desires so that you always, always finish with a positive. So you can switch up love and desires if you want, but the fears or the clearings always come first. And it's just like a nice little practice together to feel intimate, but also to learn things about your partner that maybe they would never tell you.
0: Yeah. And it would kind of keep you like on track. Like it wouldn't let things kind of bury or sweep under the rug, so to speak.
1: Yeah. And it's nice because you can, like, you can do it. So my husband and I like to do it naked. So we'll sit facing each other naked. So, like, you're very, like, vulnerable. But then it can always lead to other fun things afterwards, right? So it's, like, a nice practice. Nice practice. You can add in some eye gaze. Yeah. Full moon today. And it allows us. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel, like, it brings in, like, the intimacy, too but it also helps you be able to say what you want. So you don't have to fake your orgasms.
0: Yes. That's the whole key here is to stop faking orgasms. Cause it's not fun Yeah, it's not fun for anybody.
1: Not good for, no, not for anybody. No, your partner wants to like legitimately know that they're pleasing you and you legitimately want pleasure. We've also talked about not chasing the orgasm before and just really soaking up the pleasure of it. And I think if you have that mindset shift, you're actually much more likely to orgasm when you're going after pleasure and not an orgasm. Yeah.
0: And I feel like if you feel like you have to do something, then maybe you're just not doing enough with your partner. Like, you know, you can grab your partner, you can breathe, like focus on your breathing. Like it doesn't have to be like this crazy, intense, you know, wild noise. Mm that comes out of you it can just be like just breathe and engage like it doesn't have to be a a show,
1: unless you want it to be because I mean sometimes you just want to be wild and crazy and that's cool too as long as it's not a show like don't stop putting on a show stop performing and -hmm. just actually be present
0: Yeah. I just feel like if I was the guy and like, I started being intimate with some girl and all of a sudden she's like screaming, I'd be like, are you okay? (laughs) Is something wrong? Am I hurting you? (laughs) You know what I mean? I just feel like, I feel like there's a lot of reasons you shouldn't fake an orgasm.
1: Yeah. But I think like it also, like you said, it's very much energetic. So Somebody who is attracting like a really wild woman is probably really wild as well, right? So they're not going to be afraid if this person's like yelling and screaming and whatever, because that energy attracts. We typically attract similar energies. Do you think men like yell and scream when they orgasm? I think men are taught to be quiet when they orgasm. Yeah. Yeah because they centralize all the pleasure in their penis. So they don't actually pull any of the pleasure out of their penis. And if they like women breathe and we try and expand our orgasms just naturally, whereas men are very much taught to only focus on their penis. So they're f- so focused on it that I don't think a lot of them do make noises. Mm-hmm.
0: It'd just be funny. Like if the roles, the were- the
1: worst, you
0: know what I mean? And men wear yeah. orgasms and screaming, like, Just imagine what you would think. You'd be like, oh my God, like, what's wrong with this dude? You know what I mean?
1: (laughs) Like, I think I would be able to. Maybe we we should challenge all the men listening to like start like faking orgasm noises and see, like, what what does that look like? like (laughs) Fun. You don't actually fake your orgasm, but you know, like, add some extra sounds in. And, but sounding. If they did start sounding, it would probably help them feel a lot more pleasure. Yeah. Right? Because it stimulates, stimulates the vagus nerve, which brings pleasure up your body. So they might actually have way better orgasms. Pardon? It's
0: like self-expression. The more you can, like, express yourself and feel all your senses. Yeah. Things would feel better. It's like your tip to like scream into the pillow if you're angry. It works. So like if you want to like it works to like basically feel like your rage and your anger and get it out. So why not use like your voice during like your intimate times to maybe enhance like those good endorphins.
1: Yeah, because you can increase your orgasm for sure. Like men are capable of having full body orgasms, but it's not very often that happens because it's so penis centered. Whereas if they were using sounding, if they're breathing more, they could bring it up into the rest of their body.
0: Very, very, cool. very intriguing. No, mm-hmm. super cool. Super cool. I still want to like, I still want to hear some stories from people about like faking orgasms and if they've ever been caught.
1: Haven't we all been caught on it at one point?
0: I don't think I've ever been me- called out on it.
1: I think I have. Not in a sense, like, you were definitely faking it, but, like, is that an orgasm, or were you just, like, really enjoying yourself? Which, at that point, I will say, oh, I was just really enjoying myself. Like, I won't <laughs> actually lie that I faked it. And I don't do this anymore. It's been a long time since that has ever happened. But it definitely have been called it like, "Oh, is that a real orgasm, or is that just pleasure
0: or enjoyment? For sure. And I feel like when you like have had the same partner for like well over a decade, I mean, there's no point in uh, faking it because they know you. They know what you like for the most part and like what you don't like if you have like a healthy sex life. So just to like fake it. I feel like it would make the sex awkward.
1: Unless you've been faking since the beginning.
0: Yeah, true enough.
1: See, right, I, feel like, I, think-
0: I, I feel like when I was younger, I, I didn't fake it. And then like my 20s, I probably faked it more than mm-hmm. I do now. Because now I don't bother faking it. Like, what's the point? I'm either into it or I'm not.
1: Right. And that's a big communication piece. Like if you're not faking it, then your partner knows you're not into it. So how can they make you into it or how can it just not happen? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's a, like, we talk about consent all the time. Right. So if you're not into it and you're going to fake it, is that really consent or is that just like giving in? Giving
0: in, it's not consent.
1: Giving in to get it over with. Like you're willing to do it for your partner, but like you're not enthusiastically doing it for your partner.
0: Yeah. And I feel like if you just don't fake it and just like go with it, you'll find that you don't need to fake it because you'll be more relaxed and, you know, comfortable. And you don't know the relaxed and comfortable are the most exciting words to use when it comes to sex, but I feel like you need to be relaxed and comfortable to have exciting sex.
1: Yeah. You absolutely do. If you're, if you're uptight, it's not gonna work. But you also said before, we get so into our heads about everything. And it's not always even just about like our performance or the things that we're doing. Like, how many times have you been thinking about like what groceries you need to get? Mm-hmm. Right. Or like the shit you have to get done. And then you're like, okay, if I fake an orgasm right now, like I guess to be over with, and I get to go do those things so I don't have to worry about them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right. It is crazy. Yeah. It's crazy that our society is so rush, 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 hustle, 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 that it's so much like that that we bring it into our sex list.
0: So I guess the goal of like this whole conversation is like, if you are faking it all the time, stop, like maybe take like a 30 yeah. day break from faking it and see how the, your intimacy improves with your partner in the bedroom. And yeah if you find that you are constantly making lists in your head, maybe like sit down before you go to be intimate and get all that shit out of your brain, like have a notepad beside the bed, mm-hmm. get all your stuff out. Like, okay, yeah. this is what I have to do. So you can like kind of go enjoy yourself, like light a yeah. candle, mm-hmm. meditate, but like take 30 days and like, try not to fake it. Like you're not a Hollywood actress. Just relax.
1: No and this goes for like men as well like if you are not into having sex and you're going to fake it or you aren't like just aren't into it the thing that like so the one thing i always always tell my clients is you have to show up like you are responsible for your own happiness your own mental health your own clearing of your head in order to be present to be like sexually intimate with your partner if you do not do those things It should not be your partner's responsibility to like fake an orgasm to make you feel better or even be willing to have sex with you or whatever it may be. Like you have to show up as your best self, both of you, to come together. So there is no faking of orgasms. There is no being in your head. There is only being present and relaxed.
0: Yeah. No, I would totally agree.
1: Totally agree. Like if you don't, you have to own it yourself, right? And then like the women that I work with who like literally have sex with their partners. Cause they don't want to lose their partner. Well, how are you showing up? Like that's your partner is not going to be attracted to you. If you're showing up in that vibration that, okay, I'm just here. Go ahead. I'll fake an orgasm. And then I'm going to roll over and go to sleep. It's not making anything any better. No, Faking it is not communicating. It is is not being intimate. Like you said, faking it does not create an energetic connection. No if I so are it.
0: Yeah, it'll just lead to like more problems down the road. It's really mm-hmm. not worth it for anybody. you or them..
1: <laughs> even if your partner doesn't know, at one point, you're gonna get frustrated and tired of faking it. And they're going to be like, but we've had a great sex life all along. And you're going to have to be the one to fucking stab them in the heart and say, sorry, honey, I've hated our sex for the last 10 years and faked it the whole time. Do you really want to be that person? No. <laughs> no. It's awful. Yeah. It's awful. Because your yeah. partner thinks they're doing the best. So teach them how to do the best. Talk for what you want. Ask for what you want. And show up ready.
0: To enjoy. Yeah, I mean that's some good pointers there, Kate. <laughs> no, you're definitely right. Um, yeah, I guess the long story short is just faking your orgasm serves no one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Unless you're like trying out for like a porno or some hot sex scene right. in some Hollywood movie. <laughs>
1: It's also different, like, if it's, like, a one-night stand and you decide to fake it. I don't know why you would for a one-night stand, because, I mean, really, who gives a shit what the other person thinks if it's a one-night stand? But, I mean, like, at least at that point, there's no real damage done. That guy feels great. You're like, okay, that was fine sex, and on you go with your life, whatever. But if this is a relationship, stop faking it.
0: Yes. Stop faking at least for 30 days. If things don't improve, then go back to whatever you were doing and... Listen to this podcast again in about six months and maybe a year later, and you'll see we were right. <laughs> but it's definitely worth a try. Like what you're doing isn't working. So try something
1: new. And and maybe have a conversation with your partner before you decide to do the 30 days. Cause that might be a little bit jarring for them if they think they've been making you orgasm for so long. And all of a sudden you're like, I'm not gonna fake it anymore. They're gonna be like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Why is sex terrible? Talk to them and say, like, I want to switch up. Life. Yeah. I would just say, I want to switch
0: it up. I'm going to try this more tantric quiet yeah. thing, rather than being like, I'm not going to fake orgasms anymore. Babe, are you excited? Cause like, you won't be met with like excitement back.
1: No, of course not. But like you can approach them and say like, I would love to change up our sex life. Like I'd love to introduce some new things. You know, I was thinking we could try these things. Like, we've talked about the menu before, Right, mm-hmm. where you could take things off the menu that you want to try. Yep, you could add so many different things so that you can get out of the faking the orgasms without saying, I'm gonna stop faking orgasms now because that's devastating. You yeah. can't do that.
0: No, we recommend that you stop faking, but we don't recommend that you approach it that way.
1: <laughs> You'll, You'll get see. me that would be just terrible.
0: Yeah, you might not have anyone to fake your orgasms with for the next 30 days if you approach it like that.
1: (laughs) I feel like that's (laughs) a 100% guarantee.
0: Yeah, that would really be like a dagger in the heart.
1: But I think most partners would be open to spicing it up or switching it up or, you know, feeling more fun in the bedroom, more playful. So go about it that way. Yes. And just see what happens.
0: Call it try something new rather than yeah. stop faking it.
1: <laughs> I wonder if we can find that menu too and we can post it in our Patreon. Yeah, I have a copy of it. Okay. So we'll put that in the Patreon so that everybody can look at that too as a way to be like, hey, like let's try something like this. Like We'll pick something from it every day.
0: No, it sounds like a plan. There's a couple of different ones, but the one I have is like everything. Yeah, like perfect. literally see everything. That. We'll put it there. So if, you're we'll little,
1: also-
0: like, if you're a little prudish, you probably don't listen to this podcast. But if you are, um, just go through it beforehand and, you know. Like, I don't recommend it's something you do, like, while you're sitting in the bedroom, because some of them are quite funny. Um, If you're not, like, super open and sexual, and then some of them you will have to look up. Like, I know I had to look up some of them, and I consider myself to be pretty well-versed, but I was like, what the heck is this? And what is that? And you don't want to, like, agree to something because you think you know what it is. You want to, like, know.
1: Perfect. We'll put that in there. And then we'll also put um, directions for the fear, loves and desires practice so that you can try that out with your partner. Really easy communication tool that will help you feel way more connected to your partner. Yeah. Cause I feel like we've done
0: something similar to that in some of like the groups that you host as well. And I found that to be like really helpful.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a, yeah, it's a super easy tool, but it's very, it's super powerful. And I've led couples groups before where we've done it. And that ends up always being people's favorites because it seems scary, but then you do it and you're like, oh, this is actually like way easier than I thought it was going to be. Yep. Sorry. Okay, i just... You-
0: making sure I have the right one. So yeah, I have them here. So we'll definitely post those in the Patreon. Uh, I can post links to it on Twitter because that's also a nice safe space where we won't be shadow banned. We've been having a lot of issues with Facebook and Instagram lately because we use words like consent and freedom. Um, not in regards to even like coronavirus or vaccines, just in regards to like sexuality and women's bodies and women empowerment, God for fucking bid. We talk about women empowerment and consent to choice. So we are posting a lot more content on our Patreon and our Twitter pages. So Cocktails with a Blonde and Brunette on Patreon, Cocktails, spelled T-A-L-E-S, and at Cocktails with yes. BB on G- uh, Gmail,
1: Twitter. <laughs> Clearly, I need to so. But it is also our Gmail. So if, she, if anybody ever wants to send us an email, you can reach us there. Yes, Cocktails
0: um, with BB at Gmail. Yes, this is a fact. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So those are the best places to reach us um, because of the censorship. But we're super excited to have conversations with you. So tell us all your stories about the times you've faked it, whether you've been caught, uh, whether you've owned up to it, and uh, what's come of it.
0: Yeah, I want to know how many of you have been caught, because I'm sure there's some funny stories out there.
1: Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I think that that's true. Sure. So we would love to hear your funny stories. We'd love to hear um, how you go about not faking it. You know, like how have you ever discussed it with your partner? Have you ever openly brought it up? Like, hey, I've been taking orgasms. Like, what's happened with that? Um, I know it's something that is not easy to talk about, but you know, truth is always the best. So tell us all your stories. Tell us all the juiciness.
0: Yes, we can't wait to hear them because it gives us stuff to talk about too.
1: <laughs> so true. So true. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for joining us for our don't fake an orgasm episode. And we will see you next week with something new and juicy and exciting.
0: Yes. We will see y'all next Tuesday.